And welcome back, George Nori, back with spiritual medium Carol Obley, as we are talking about the spirit world. Carol, we were talking about the synchronicity of numbers and what people were seeing. You see a lot. I see a lot. What does it really mean? Well, it's a form of communication, and it is coming from that higher source. Um, You know, something else that uh, people notice, and I have personally experienced, are colors that come up during dreams. Uh, I've seen the most vivid uh, colors, and particularly blues in the spectrum of blues, Hmm. which really um, symbolize healing. And interestingly, when I've done readings for people as well, whenever somebody has directed prayer at an individual, um, even in the spirit world, I will see that color. It's a beautiful kind of a you know, like if you think of the ocean, a pure a pure ocean, or the Gulf of Mexico, that shade of blue, uh, that's what I see. It's gorgeous. And so there are different different colors symbolize the different, um, you know, what the soul is communicating or the energy around that individual. And you see this in your dream state? Sometimes. Sometimes. But I also see it when I'm doing readings uh, at times. It's, it's not all the time. Um, so colors can also, you know, they, colors like numbers have vibration, and they can mean different things. I mentioned earlier about sacred geometry, and one of the forms that I have seen is the Star of David. And it's sort of those interlocking triangles and that is the symbolic meaning of that, is spirit merging into matter, a spirit coming into a physical form. And so that's one of the forms that I've seen. Some of them I don't even know, you know what you would call them, but my theory on them is that they contain information that is somehow encoded you know, that that information is within that, that shape or in that form, and that that speaks to us on that soul level. The Mandela, if you think about the, you know... Mandela the, effect. The Mandela, yes, that is another one uh, that, that many people see. And I believe that these are guideposts in some way to help us, you know, to, and to direct us. And we might not even know what that is on a conscious level, but on the soul level, uh, there is a transmission of of information. You'd mentioned precognition. Where does that come from? It comes from the collective unconscious. You know, when we're sleeping, our unconscious, our subconscious is, is very active. Our rational mind is is not. Um, So we're able to tap into that greater field, that field of consciousness, the totality of everything that is there. And that's how we can tap into the future. I have talked to some people that knew, for example, when somebody was going to pass in their family, somebody was 
going to transition. And uh, so I think that, again, that's coming from the soul. I've talked to people who had dreams prior to you know, 911 that they, they had dreams about that. So uh, I believe that it is, you know, tapping into that field of consciousness. What happens to people when they are dealing with the spirit world, they communicate. Do the spirits leave late, late after that? What what happens? Um, if you're talking about people, souls that have already, they've left the earth. Right, and, and then they come back. And they've transitioned. Um, I, I, I wasn't clear on your question. If you meant, do you know, do, is that a... Do they initiate the the and give us information in that way? Well, uh, well, what makes them stay or leave? You mean the from the spirit world? Yes. Um, it really depends on, and sometimes we just don't know the answer to that. Um, my theory on it is, my experience on it is that. In some way, they are, you know, in between worlds, or they they need that sort of contact because really, there's no leaving. Uh, I mean, it, it's really, you know, people tend to think of the spirit world as a place that's like an island or, you know, a play, a physical place, and it's not. It's right here. It's right here uh, around you, around me. It's a, it's a level of consciousness, and that's why in the spirit world itself, there are many uh, levels, many, many different levels. So we, we have the levels that are closer to the earth, but then we have the, the levels, and levels is referring to that level of consciousness. So we have high levels um, that you know, we probably aren't going to go to unless we're like a Mother Teresa or, you know, a saint, uh, someone on, the, on that order. What, what is um, easier for you, Carol, to interpret a dream or to deal with the other side? Um, probably, well, either. It's the same because for you. Because there is an intuitive, you know, side definitely to dreams, which I'm very skilled at. Uh, but I'm also pretty skilled at, at mediumship because I've done it so many years. Um, so both of those. Um, and sometimes people do ask me about uh, dreams. And, you know, there, there's always a higher meaning that's embedded within that that's going to in some way lead that person on a pathway that's going to be beneficial. All right, well, let's go to the calls. Let's pick it up by going to Aaron in Louisville, Kentucky, east of the Rockies. Aaron, welcome to the program. Hello, George. Hi. Uh, no, I had a friend. He passed away about two years ago, and I wasn't fully aware of, uh, you know, just exactly what, what started what uh, happened to him. Um, what was his first name, Aaron? Charlie. Charlie. And and I wonder if if the wagon had anything to do with it. <laughs> uh, the wagon. Hmm. 
Um, what I am perceiving with that is a relatively quick passing, and I believe that this had something to do with a uh, cardiovascular event. And when you say the wagon, Aaron, are you talking about the drinking? Uh, he pulls it behind him when he's homeless. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. A homeless friend. How old was yeah. he? Yeah, this was a natural passing. I, I mean, I don't feel that there was anything nefarious about it. Um, and simply what I feel there is him saying, I, I had enough. <laughs> I I had enough. But he didn't take I his life. I, I believe it. <laughs> what did authorities uh, say, Aaron? Why, it was a justifiable homicide. Justifiable. Somebody killed him? Yeah. Yeah, I think that might be a little bit off on their behalf. Um, <laughs> I feel with yeah. this gentleman that he had had enough. And, you know, sometimes there's very quick passings like that. Um, you know, there's a blood clot or something else that happens. Although I do feel with this person that he, the reason why he's saying I had enough, because he was very much uh, bullied or hurt physically. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, it becomes very overwhelming for the soul to continue to experience that. So, you know, transition is made at that point. Aaron, who is the person who killed him? Another homeless person? upset with him. <laughs> Why, did he try to break into the house? Not that I know of, no. He just uh, somehow created a scene. I don't know what the nature of the scene was exactly. On the guy's property, you mean? Yeah. Ah, okay. I, I was wondering what led up to the argument. Uh, Do you see that at all, Carol? <laughs> um, I think it was just, a, in this case, a trespassing. Um, you know, the person, the homeowner felt very threatened, but yet, you know, I just want to say this too, since we're discussing the soul, this person, your friend was not a derelict. Uh, you know, we, that, that's the problem with judging. And I'm not saying that you did that, but oftentimes we do that, but I really feel with him that. Uh, in some way, he was an inspiration, or he was a messenger for others that encountered him, that talked with him. Um, it's best that we don't judge those sorts of things, because we never truly know. You know what? Not, we're lucky if we know our own soul mission, let alone another person's. But I feel with him as well that he had an undiagnosed uh, disease, certainly he didn't get medical care. And right. I think the fear in that point, you know, also contributed very much to a cardiovascular event with him. Let's go to Mark in Baltimore, Maryland. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Go ahead. Thank you so much, George. And it's great to be talking to you again. You have a great show. Thank you, Mark. And, uh, uh, Carol, you've got a, a great guest. I see that number 1111 all the time. I see my loved ones in my dreams, just like you described. And 
the old hag. I've experienced that before. My, my question is this. Uh, can dreams, particularly bad dreams, be connected to or related to something in our conscious life? Certainly. Yes. Uh, fear. Fear. And we didn't discuss that in our interview, but a lot of people, and I've had this personally happen, where I've gone to sleep and I'm very worried about something or I'm very stressed, and there's fear associated with that. So, yeah, I mean, it can bleed through, and then we have a a nightmare. Um, The other thing, it was not from this lifetime, and it can actually be a sort of a uh, bleed through from our subconscious, our Akashic file, in something catastrophic that happened to us in a prior lifetime, in a prior incarnation. And that's coming up. And sometimes there can be triggers for that in our current lifetime that sort of sparks that off from our, our prior experience. And so you know, the resonance between those two events can bring that up, and then we can have a very fearful or uh, negative dream. Mark, thank you for your call. Next up, let's go to Liz in Concord, California. Welcome to the show. Hey, Lizzie, go ahead. Carol, how are you? Good. Good. Hi, Liz. Hi. Well, you know, my sister Sandy passed away um, And I'm wondering if she had anything to say to me. And I had her dog for eight years, and she just passed. And I'm just wondering if they're together or if she has anything to say to me. Yes. Um, And I'm seeing a small dog that is there as well. Uh Uh, It looks like sort of a poodle or poodle mix, Uh uh, something along those lines. Um, Yeah, that you'll... She's grateful, and there's she's come to you long before now, expressing yes, she that. Yes, I've heard her talk to me. Oh, absolutely. And you know, another way that she comes to you is mm-hmm. scent. Scent. scent? It's, it's called clairaliance. Clairaliance. Mm-hmm. You've heard of clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. This is clairaliance, and it means smelling or tasting uh, through the spiritual senses. So you'll get yeah. a pleasant smell uh, or a perfume or flowers. And I do see her with a mother figure as well in the spirit mm-hmm. world. Yeah, did, yes. did my, my dog, did my dog Kai um, go to my sister? Uh, no. Yeah, that comes through as a totally different type of dog than the other one that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, she was a lab. A brown yeah, lab. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. You beat me to the pun. A black dog. Um, yeah, um, and a much larger dog. Um, but yeah, and that brings up an important point too that George and I didn't discuss. But we can meet with deceased uh, pets. Yes, as quite, well. Quite a bit. I've had that happen. Um, so it's really cool when that happens. Do the souls of pets come your way, Carol? Yes, I. It, this is kind of comical. I had a basset hound, and her name was Nancy Drew, and I loved that dog. Oh, she Nancy lived Drew? Nancy Drew. <laughs> and 
um, you know, like the mystery uh, series. And um, I love that dog. She lived to be 16, and then she passed. And um, I had two very, very distinct visitations. These were not psychological dreams. They were visitations from her. And it was, they were highly affectionate. All, all that was expressed there was her unconditional love for me. Uh, so, yes, I have had that happen. Pretty dramatic. A couple minutes ago before the break, Carol, how do people get a hold of you? Through my website, uh, www.soulvisions, that's plural, dot net, soulvisions.net. And they can drop me a line there or schedule an appointment uh, by contacting me there. And your sessions generally will last how long? I do a lot of half hours and I do a lot of hours. And That's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, but some some situations necessitate a full hour. Uh, I keep my fees extremely reasonable. This is not about making a pile of money. Uh, it is about service. Good. And that's why I have... Uh, I like to consider that I work with high ethics and integrity in mediumship. How can somebody tell if a medium is above board or not? Referencing. The number one way to find, besides media, obviously, and books, um, but many of my clients are referenced to me through others that have had a good experience have had spirit contact through the readings that know that I'm genuine. All right, we're going to come back in a moment with Carol Obley, her website, as she mentioned, soulvisions.net. And we make it easy for you because it's linked up at coasttocoastam.com. A couple of her books include Embracing the Ties That Bind, I'm Still With You, Soul to Soul Connections, and her latest book that came out several years ago, Wisdom from the Spirit World. We'll be back with more calls in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back. Carol Obley with us. George Norrie with you. Carol, we talked about night terrors a bit, but what is their spiritual significance if they occur? Is there anything? I believe so. Um, in my case, uh, you know, I was getting into a lot of trouble with, with um, drinking uh, way too much when I had mine. And... Um, I think it was sort of a wake-up call for me that that fear, uh, you know, was coming up. And um, I think it's sort of, they can act as sort of a warning for us that something's askew in, in our life and that we need to pay attention to it. Now, with the alien contact that I had, um, I have no idea, you know, personally how that correlated um, but I do know that, you know, when we're sleeping, we are in between uh, states of consciousness, and we can access levels of consciousness that ordinarily we can't. And my, also my experience, because I've studied uh, aliens for many, many years, from the time I was a, a child, I was reading books on UFOs and so forth, um, I believe that they are interdimensional. 
so it could be that, you know, I was accessing during that particular episode that level of consciousness, that dimension uh, that they happen to be in. Let's go next to Christopher in Lansing, Michigan. Welcome to the program. Hi, Christopher. Go ahead. Hey, George. Thank you for having me, and hello, Carol. Thank you. Go uh, ahead. Hi. Um, I, um, yeah, I have a well, like a reading based on my uh, late wife who passed back in December. Um, her name was Kathleen, and uh, her passing was due to coronary artery, artery disease. Um, what I'm worried about is what really would have transpired with her death, because I know from what I saw um, trying to resuscitate her, she had uh, passed in her sleep, which I'm okay with. Um, but I had some problems with my apartment, which dealt with like black mold and stuff on top ah, of it. Okay. How old and was she, Christopher? 63. Okay. Yeah, and I had uh, been married to her 17 years. She was 13 years on me, my senior. So. Yeah. Um... Well, I don't know that the mold really had anything to do with it. That, you're right, that is toxic. Um, but yeah. again, as I mentioned before, the soul is the one that determines death. Mm-hmm. And even though we can look at physical causes, what happens is is that the soul's lessons are complete on the physical plane. Mm-hmm. And... So, you know, it looks to us as if, oh, you know, something happened or, you know, I've also done readings for people and they initiate a lawsuit against a hospital because this or that wasn't done. Yeah, um, um, she had been released uh, three days prior from when they said they were going to keep her, too, because they were supposed to hold her until the following Monday. Yeah. And they released her on, uh, I believe it was, yeah, was it Saturday when she passed? So, yeah, they released her on Friday. Oh, jeez. And, um after having a major heart attack, now she's had them in the past, like three or four times. Um, yes. But this was a full-blown, and the hospital has had, unfortunately, a record of uh, cases like that where people have come either negligent because the person that was taking care of her wasn't the actual heart doctor that she was seeing, but a, an assistant. And he was off on doing whatever. So, um, But I kind of wondered on that myself, and and I just didn't have enough to back it. But as far as everything else goes, um, my other my question to add to it is, as far as like her final wishes, um, there were some things that involved her and her sister, and I know they've had some problems in the past, which they rekindled over time. Um, I just wondered if maybe you can sense if she had a change of mind on that, or maybe I could, you know, change that for her. Yeah, you mean the relationship with her sister? Correct. She's. Uh, her sister's the last in her family. In fact, uh, when we were married 17 years, her mom also died in 2017, and she died on December 17th, so that number is kind of a curse. So, yeah. And yeah. As far as the actual passing, this was a natural passing. I don't feel yeah. anything other than that. Um, certainly, you know, her heart gave out. Just gave out. Um, right. Now, very importantly about the relationship with her sibling, um, I can tell you that what I've personally seen through multiple thousands of readings is that when we go into the spirit world after death, that we have a different perspective on uh, totally separate from the personality. Mm-hmm. And differences that we've had or arguments or estrangements that we've had with people. 
um, are viewed from a different angle. And actually the message is that she has come to her sister and offered forgiveness and so forth. Um, I don't know if her sister's open to that. Some people aren't, and they don't, you know, they become very rigid or they don't get that message. Um, But that was a clash of personality, and I feel a little bit of jealousy there as well. Um, So that's been dropped, and I've heard that time and time again from the spirit world, that they initiate healing or they want to correct that that, you know, somebody passes and their people weren't speaking. And they can't really move on until that is corrected. And that's why they will facilitate healing uh, with that individual that's still here in on the physical world. Um, so the answer to that is yes, she views that from a different perspective. Is somebody from the spirit world feeding you this information, Carol? Uh, no, this is through experience. You mean as far as... Information on his wife, for example. Um, yeah, she is. <laughs> oh, she's because there. She really, hasn't, she really hasn't left. She really has not left. And you see, that's where we, we have to mourn. We have to mourn the loss of the physical presence because that is very real. That, that person is not there physically. But spiritually, which is the indestructible part of our being, is always present. And the bond of love is what connects people and keeps that intact. So she has not left him. In fact, I feel that you know there's a lot of communication that he may receive. Um, you know, on a on a uh, subconscious level from her, and sometimes that manifests as what we were talking about uh, earlier with synchronicities and numbers and so forth. Uh, through nature is another way that loved ones can give us signs uh, through different aspects of nature. Um, I've heard that a lot in readings too. East of the Rockies, Clyde's with us. Truck driving in Texas. Clyde, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, George. Hi, Carol. Hello, Clyde. Uh, for, hi. Uh, for for years and years, I've seen the same combination of numbers, and to the best of my recollection, the first time I ever noticed it was um, on Valentine's Day in 2014, and the numbers are two, four, and one. And in, in that I, sequence, I see them two forty one. Yes, most most of the time it's in that sequence, um, but then I got a mailbox that was 142, huh. and ever since then, I've always seen that com- specific combination of numbers um, mixed up everywhere. I don't see oh, as much. that's really cool. See, um, well, you know, numerologically, uh, 241 adds up to 7. 7 is a spiritualized, I call it a spiritualized number. Um, in that it's sort of an introspective time in our life, and it can mean that we're on the right pathway, uh, that we're in tune with our soul, what we need to be doing. Um, 
as opposed to like an eight, the very next number, which is a power number. It's being out there and, you know, manifesting in the physical world. Seven is more introspective. So there's something there for you, um, you know, something that you really need to pay attention to. My sense is it's simply a guidance for you that you're, you know, it's familiar and that you're doing what you need to be doing in, in your life. My life path is a seven, Carol, by the way. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Interesting, huh? Thank yeah. you, Claude. So, well, you're interested in the spiritual. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, um, you know, and it, you know the other thing, George, uh, sevens appear so much in the Bible, in the Christian Bible. Uh, there's a lot of uh, sevens uh, that I've noticed. And um, also fours. You know, 444 uh, is also sort of associated with the angels. Four is my lucky number. I was born on the 4th. Oh, that's probably why I'm saying it. Um, So I find myself, I just naturally say things that apply to the person. So um, that's very interesting. Um, But, yes, a seven-life pathway. There's a lot of spiritual interest. Um, You know, it could be with meditation, meditation. you know, understanding spirit, and certainly that's your forte uh, with what you're doing with your life. Good point. David's with us in Santa Ana, California, west of the Rockies. Hey, David, thanks for holding. Go ahead. Thanks, George. Thanks for the call. Really great show tonight. Really enjoyed uh, the previous guest. It was some incredible, incredible Thank stories you. there. And Carol, great to uh, hear from you and your content. I think your comment about the mind being kind of a step-down device for consciousness is really uh, fascinating, something that I've kind of thought for a while as well. But um, I'm calling tonight to maybe for a reading for a friend of mine, a close friend, was my best friend at the time, uh, who died under somewhat mysterious, I mean, he weren't sure if it was an accident or if it was self-inflicted harm that, that killed him. Um, uh, and I know he was feeling quite a bit of despair and anguish probably the night that he died. Um, and um, I don't know, I'm kind of at a point where I'm feeling a lot of despair and anguish personally as well. And I don't know if you can sense him out there, if he's got... Uh, Observing, got any thoughts for me or just uh, any thoughts in general? What was his name, David? His name was Paul. Paul. Go ahead. Yeah, 20, a very sensitive years. soul, um, extremely sensitive. And um, sometimes the soul, as I mentioned earlier, can become very overwhelmed. It signs up for certain lessons, but in the physical reality, um, it can be overwhelming sometimes for sensitive souls. Um, one of the ways he communicates with you is through music. I don't know if you've that's, noticed that. Well, um, I mean, that's, that's that was the primary way that we interacted when we were together. Yes. So um, that's a validation for you from him. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, songs that were familiar. Um, yep. I feel probably this was self-inflicted. Um, would that have been an overdose with him? No, it uh, is strangulation, but uh, it was kind of like, you know, how much okay. was he really trying to to mask? Himself, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, do, do you know if he had used uh, chemicals prior? No, just alcohol. You know, he'd been drinking that night. Oh, okay. That's what I'm feeling. Drinking, drinking I, I felt that night, yeah. I felt something was askew in his mind with the chemical. Yeah. So that's what that was. Um, yeah, I think this was self-inflicted. Um, suicide is never a good thing. Um, 
you know, simply because it short it short circuits the pathway of the soul, and then the soul has to reincarnate, and and the lessons mm-hmm. are double. The lessons right. are double. Um, so that's why it's never a good thing. Uh, but he communicates with you through sound, yeah, definitely through music, and encourages you. Uh, to keep listening to those because that's sort of a vibration that he can come in on and connect with you on. Okay, well that's that's comforting. Appreciate that. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't. I know you got other callers. When you say that the lessons are double, sometimes you know when you come back and you have to rework through those things that you didn't get through the first time. Um, is that uh, uh, just? I mean, is there any way that you know if he's been come back already, or if, if, if you know, you wait in line for that comeback, or? Um, well, there there has to be. We have to deal with whatever. We have to deal with what we left with. It doesn't evaporate, and so because the, it's karma, it's lessons that we had. We need to evolve to evolve spiritually. So if we leave that behind by making the choice to end our physical life. Those have to be dealt with. And so sometimes reincarnation is a bit quicker in in those cases. If a person lives, you know, a normal life, like 70, 80, 90 years, uh, they're going to spend quite some time in the spirit world. They're not going to reincarnate quickly. But there are certain cases, like murder, like suicide, um, that the individual will come back relatively quickly. Carol, we're out of time. I want to thank you for being on the program. Keep in touch, okay? Thank you. Carol Obley, website linked up at coasttocoastam.com, as will be her books. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean LaDessour, Stephanie Smith, Chris Boros, Tim Benal, George Napanee, and Punnett, I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. I'll see you on my next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.